In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let us read some verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ, and stewards of the mysteries of God. So St. Paul is saying, people should look at us as servants. We are servants of Christ, and we are stewards. Stewards because we are entrusted with talent. So we are not owners. Sometimes in the service, we act as we are the owners. But St. Paul said, no, you are a servant and a steward. Servant of Christ and a steward. And usually in the steward, two important characteristics are required. Faithfulness and wisdom. As we say in the Gospel of the third watch of the midnight hour, who is the faithful and wise steward? Who is the faithful and wise steward? So, St. Paul in, in chapter 4 will speak about faithfulness. That's why in verse 2 he said, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. So it's required to be faithful. Faithful means to give glory to God. Everything you do it, you do it for the glory of God, not for your own personal glory. Then St. Paul in verse 3, he said, who can judge whether I am faithful or not? There are three people or three groups can judge. Others, myself, God. Either I can judge myself, I say, thank God I'm faithful in my service. Or others tell me, you are faithful in your servant, you are good. Or God. So St. Paul in verse 3, he said, But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. So he said, if others judge me whether I am faithful or I am not, it's nothing for me. Because people's opinion change from, from one day to another. On Hosanna Sunday, he said, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is the King of Israel. Friday, he said, crucify him, crucify him. So people's opinion, yes, it's good to get feedback from the people and to listen to the feedback. I'm not belittling this. But they are not my ultimate judge. What about myself? Can I judge myself? St. Paul said, I do not even judge myself. Why? For I know of nothing against myself. St. Paul said, if I want to judge myself, I will say I'm good. There is nothing against myself. Yet I'm not justified by this. If, if you stand before God and you tell him, I am faithful, can this justify you? No. That's why St. Paul said, but he who judges me is the Lord. So, others' people, others' judgment, it doesn't matter. Even my judgment, it doesn't matter. So, if you want to be faithful or not, ask yourself this question. Whether God consider you faithful or not? Are you faithful in the eyes of God or not? That's very important. Not I'm faithful in the eyes of others, or I am faithful in my own eyes. It doesn't matter. 
Am I faithful in God's eye or not? Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of, ha- of the hearts then each one's praise will come from the Lord. So St. Paul said don't judge before the time but ask God to enlighten your heart. Ask God who said in the past to get light from the darkness and he said in Genesis 1 let light come and light actually was created from darkness then God can enlighten your heart. When God will enlighten your heart he actually will bring the hidden things of darkness. The dark area in my heart, the dark area in my mind, the dark area in in my conscience God will bring it into the light and God will reveal the counsels of the heart. God will examine me and search my heart carefully. And if there is a wicked way or unfaithfulness in me, it will be revealed. And when I get rid of all this unfaithfulness and the unwise behavior, then each one, each one prays will come from God. Verse 6, Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. The problem in the church of Corinth they were four groups. Group said, we follow Paul. Group said, we follow Apollos. Or groups said, we follow Peter. And the other group said, like the non-denomination, we follow Christ. Not Peter, not Paul, not Apollos. Then they start to boast. We are the children of, of Paul. The other group said, no, we are the children of Apollos. So St. Paul told them, don't be puffed up by this. Don't be puffed against one another by this. Because who is Paul and who is Apollos? Just servant, just stewards. And you don't know how God judges us, whether God judges us as faithful or not. So don't actually be puffed up that you are the children of Paul or children of Apollos. And unfortunately nowadays without mentioning names, there are actually two groups in the church. Church they say you are the children of so and so and the other groups say you are the children of so and so. And they actually compete with one another and they attack one another. That's not right. Who is Paul and who is Apollos? They are just servants of the Lord. Verse 7, he said, For who makes... I'm not speaking about St. Louis Church. I'm speaking about the Coptic Church. Just let somebody misunderstand me. Uh, For who makes you differ from another? What will make you differ from another? Is it that you are the children of St. Paul or children of Apollos? No. What will make you differ is your faithfulness and your wisdom. 
Not you follow this school or you follow that school. This will not make you different from the another. And what do you have that you did not receive? Can you tell me what, what, which gift you have that you did not receive from God? Any gift you have, leadership, administration, choir, preaching, teaching, any gift, it's from God. So now if you did indeed receive it from God, why do you boast as if you had not received it? If you received this gift from God, why you boast as if you did not receive it? If somebody gave me this gift, why I boast as if I have this by my own effort? No, I received it from others. So, I like to speak to you about faithfulness. Faithfulness. After this introduction that St. Paul told us. We should know that God is a faithful God. St. Paul in Romans said, let every man be a liar, but God is faithful. God cannot deny himself. He will continue to be faithful even if we denied him. God will continue to be faithful even if we deny him. So he is a faithful God and he loves the faithful servants. What does it mean to be faithful? First meaning we can find it in Hebrews chapter 3. Definition of faithfulness. St. Paul spoke about Moses and in, in Hebrews chapter 3, he made comparison between Jesus and Moses. He said in verse 1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. So he said, look at Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him who appointed him. Jesus was faithful to God the Father who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. So in the Old Testament, Moses was faithful in the house of God, in the tabernacle of meeting. Jesus also is faithful in the church that he built on the rock of faith, when he said, I will build my church. Jesus was faithful to God the Father as Moses also was faithful. For this one, Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, and as much as he who built the house has more honor than the house. So he compared between Moses and Jesus. He said Jesus actually has more glory than Moses. Why? Jesus is God who created Moses. So the builder of the house actually has more honor than the house itself. So Jesus, who is the creator of Moses, the builder of the house, if we consider Moses is the house, 
and Jesus is the builder, then Jesus has more honor than Moses. As he said in verse 4, For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. Another reason why Jesus is more honorable than Moses, and Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his own house. Moses was faithful in the tabernacle of meeting as a servant, but Jesus as the son of God, a son, then actually big difference between a son and a servant. And he explained and whose house we are, we are the house of God, if we hold the fast, the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm to the end. So how Moses was faithful? Here in Hebrew, it gives us example that Moses is faithful. If you remember, when God gave Moses the instruction how to build the, the tabernacle of meeting, Moses was very careful to follow the details of the instruction, the colors, the material, the dimensions, everything. And by the way, everything in the tabernacle of meeting has a symbol, is, is a symbol, has a meaning. Colors has meaning, measurement has meaning, material has meaning, everything. If you count how many times the details of the tabernacle of meeting was mentioned in the book of Exodus, do you know how many times? Five times. Two times in detail and three times just brief. So this tells us that Moses was so obedient to the word of God. God told him do it this way. He did not say, no, 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 you know what? This measurement is not right. Let me change the measurement. It will look better. He obeyed God completely. So we as Sunday school servants, if we want to be faithful, to which extent we are obedient? I, I hear sometimes some Sunday school servants teach their own belief not the belief of the church and not the belief of uh, uh, the teaching of the Bible. For example, if I believe that dancing is okay, I will teach my children. It's okay to dance. In this way, actually, am I a faithful person? No, I'm not. Because I am teaching my own belief system. Moses did not change the measurement, the color, the material. He was very obedient, he was very literal in what told him. So as Sunday school servant, we need to be very obedient to the word of God, even if I'm not convinced, even if I don't agree with it. If this is what God said, then I need to actually follow the teaching of God as the church interpreted for me. Otherwise, I will not be a faithful servant. So a faithful servant is an obedient servant. 
obeys the word of God. I'm not preaching myself, but I'm preaching the word of God. The second example to be faithful, we read it in the Gospel of St. Luke, when the Lord actually spoke about the parable of the unjust steward. In Luke chapter 16, this unjust steward was not faithful to his master. But the Lord gave us some examples of faithfulness. In, in verse 10, Luke 16, verse 10, he said, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. The second principle in faithfulness is to be faithful in what is least. In what is least. Let me give you an example. The three young men and Daniel were taken captives by the Babylonian captivity. And the king ordered that they eat from the delicacies of the king. And it was up to them. Actually, they can choose what's lawful according to the law of Israel and they can eat and enjoy themselves. But Daniel and the three young men, they decided not to defile themselves with the delicacies of the king. And they asked this person in charge of feeding them, he told them, try us for 10 days and see how healthy we are. And they were faithful. You know, in, in two months, Christmas season is come. And many of us who work in companies, they have celebrations, Christmas celebration. And usually all these Christmas celebrations fall during the Nativity Fest. And many of us, as Sunday school servant, without thinking, we break the fast just because it's a celebration. And we say, just tonight, Saturday, we'll break the fast, but the rest of the week will complete. You are not faithful on what's least. And if you are not faithful on what's least, you will not be faithful on what's much. So God says here, Thanksgiving is coming on 24th. But many times when Thanksgiving comes 25th or 26th, Without thinking, people just decide to break. It's Thanksgiving. And maybe you justify it yourself and you say, whether God going to send me to hell because I, I, I ate turkey on, on the first day of the fasting, I will answer this question to you and tell you, no, God will not send you to hell. Believe me, He will not. But this is not the point. The point is not about whether God will we'll send you to hell if you, if you eat turkey on the first day of the nativity fast or not. It's not about this, but about your character. If you started to compromise here and compromise here and compromise here and compromise here, 
then you are not faithful in what's least, then you will not be faithful in what's much. Believe me, it's a slippery slope. If you start being unfaithful in something little, bukra, it will be something more, something more, something more, until you lose your faithfulness. So, do you want to know you are faithful in the eyes of God or not? This is the second parameter. First parameter, obedience. Second parameter, are you faithful in what's least or not? Are you faithful in what's least or not? The third parameter, Luke 16, verse 11. Therefore, if you, had, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? What is the unrighteous mammon? The unrighteous mammon is everything we own or we possess here on earth. The word unrighteous doesn't mean we get it or we, we, we earn it in, in a wrong way or in unrighteous way. No, it doesn't mean this. But the Lord Jesus Christ is making comparison between the eternal inheritance and everything in earth. Everything in er on earth is considered unrighteous if we compared it with the eternal glory, with the eternal inheritance. So God wants to give us the eternal inheritance. So He is testing us here. To what extent we are righteous, we are just, we are faithful, sorry, in, in the unrighteous land. For example, your tithe. Are you faithful in them or not? That is unrighteous man. If I'm not faithful in my tithe, then how God actually will entrust me with the eternal riches? Actually, the Lord said so in, in Luke chapter 16. He said, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit your trust to the true riches? What's the true riches? The true riches is the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. So the Lord is saying to you, if you are righteous, not only in money and paying tithe, your time, are you righteous? Are you faithful in your time or not? Many of us waste the time. God gives us the time in order to use it for the glory of kingdom. Are you redeeming the time as St. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4? Are you using the time for the glory of God or not? What about the time of the service? Are you faithful in visitation? Are you faithful in the time of preparing the lesson? Or just you wake up Sunday morning and look at the internet and read the lesson and come and, and say it? Are you faithful in the time to pray for your class, name by name? Are you faithful in attending the meetings like servants meeting and prayer meeting in the church or not? These are like ABC requirement 
of any Sunday school servant. If you are not faithful in the unrighteous mammon, whether it is time or money, how God will trust you with the true riches? So we need to ask ourselves to what extent we are faithful in what God gave us. Are we faithful in our appearance as a Sunday school servant? Do we offend others or do we glorify God? Sometimes the way we speak, we dress or we appear before others can be a stumbling block to, to other people. So as Sunday school servants, people look at you. St. Paul said to Timothy, you need to be an example in behavior, in talk, in word. So be an example. Are we faithful in this or not? As I told you, everything we have here on earth is unrighteous man. Time, clothes, money, everything. To what extent we are faithful in these things? The fourth parameter, we read it in Luke chapter 16 verse 12 and if you have not been faithful in what is another man's who will give you what is your own we are born naked and when we die we will not take anything with us so whatever we have here it's not ours it belongs to us so are we faithful or not? Sometimes when we come to the church, we are not faithful to keep it clean or to keep it in a good shape. Or sometimes our children, like in, in a retreat or convention, we should teach them how to behave and how to be faithful on what belongs to others. It is a common observation that usually after any convention or retreat, we find damage in the, in the area, in the convention center. Or why? Why? We don't do this in our homes. Why are we not faithful in, what's other, in what belongs to others? So, again, the Lord Jesus Christ is telling us you need to learn how to be faithful on what belongs to others otherwise how you will get your own your own which is the eternal inheritance so the Lord Jesus Christ tonight actually gave us four parameters to understand what does it mean to be faithful according to God's standard? Because as we agreed in the beginning, who will judge my faithfulness? It's not others, it's not myself. It's God. I can justify myself, but I will not be justified before God. Others can justify me, but I will not be justified before God. And the four parameters here, obedience, 
like in the case of Moses, to be faithful in what is least second parameter, to be faithful on the unrighteous man, third parameter, and to be faithful in what belongs to others. That's the fourth parameter. Okay. In the book of Revelation, it says, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to be faithful unto death? It can mean one of two things. Number one, to be faithful unto death can mean until I die. So faithfulness is a journey. It is not just for a few years in my life, but it's a journey until my last breath, I need to be faithful, at least in these four parameters. That's one meaning. But there is another meaning to be faithful unto death. The second meaning is, if they give you the choice to compromise your faithfulness or to die, which one you're going to choose? The children of God should choose to die rather than compromising their faithfulness. That's why the martyrs died, because they, they want to be faithful to the teaching and the doctrines that they received. They did not deny God. That's why the three young men were thrown into the furnace of fire. That's why Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. So faithfulness unto death doesn't mean only to be faithful all the days of your life but means also if you are giving the choice to, to choose between compromise your faithfulness or to die for the name of Christ, which one you choose to choose to die? You remember the story of St. Paul when he was about to go to Jerusalem and then one of the prophets named Agabus took the girdle of St. Paul and said, the Holy Spirit says, the person who has this girdle, he will suffer tribulations and hardships when he goes to Jerusalem, and he will be bound, hand and feet. So the people around St. Paul begged him, please don't go to Jerusalem. If the Holy Spirit says there are tribulations and hardships, and you will be bound, don't go to, to Jerusalem. And they were crying. St. Paul responded to them and he told them, you cry and break my heart. Grieve my heart, sadden my heart. Because I am willing not only to be bound for the name of Christ, but to die for his name. And he insisted to go to Jerusalem. One of the very, very beautiful stories, Saint Polycarp, who was actually the disciple of Saint John the Beloved, and it was the Bishop of Smyrna. And actually one of the beautiful names is Polycarp or Polycarpus, 
Puli means multi. Carp or carpus from the word crops. So means the fruitful. The one who has a lot of fruits. That's the meaning of Polycarpus. Polycarpus was 86 years old. A very old man. And then they asked him to deny Christ. At this old age. Uh, by the way, we celebrate his martyrdom one day before the feast of Pope Crillus and St. John the Baptist. So his feast on March 8. It's very easy to remember. March 8. I'm sure 29. So, St. Polycarp replied a very, very nice reply when they asked him to deny Christ. He told them, I served him for 86 years and he had been faithful to me God is faithful to me all these 86 years how can I deny him right now how can I deny him and he chose in his old age to be killed rather than to compromise his faith or to deny Christ these stories like St. Rebecca and her children, St. Dulaki and her children, and, and how she, they encouraged their children to accept martyrdom for the name of Christ. All these beautiful stories, because these people were faithful, were faithful in their faith. One of the main differences between the saints and us, faithfulness, if we are faithful, in the word of God, if we are faithful in our spiritual struggle, if we are faithful in our spiritual canon, if we are faithful in our Sunday school service, if we are faithful in our relationship with God, if we are faithful in our faith and in defending the doctrines and the teaching of the church, if we are faithful, then actually we will be like the saints. As the Lord told us, be faithful unto this, and I will give you the kingdom of heaven. Let's examine our faithfulness in the light of these four parameters. And also let's examine our faithfulness. As the Lord said, be faithful unto this. So faithful all the days of our life. And if we choose between compromising our faithfulness or to die, Definitely, we will choose to die for the name of Christ. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.